Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode 501 for Wednesday, the 26th of April, 2017. Nice to have you here. Tonight, we're going to learn how to install a developer release of the GNU Image Manipulation Program 2.9.5 as they're leading up to the 2.10 release. ETA still to be announced. Very cool. We are going to learn how to install this development release so that we can get some of those really crazy great new features. We're going to learn about them. And uh, in particular, we're going to learn about the improvements to the scaling features of the GIMP. So we'll stick around. Sasha Germanis over in the newsroom. What do you got for us today? Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Phishing scams can make themselves look exactly like the real site right down to the URL in the address bar. A real medical tricorder is coming to retail shelves. The Nintendo NES Classic Edition has finished its short run, and now novice hackers can buy their own ransomware service that more than pays for itself after just one successful infection. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. All right, I am Robbie Ferguson. It's nice to see you. Please help me welcome Sasha Dermatis and Henry Bailey Brown. And here we are, episode one of our 500 series, if you will. First of 500. Episode wow. 501. We made it this far and going strong and having fun. So, speaking of, let's get right into some of the comments that uh, we've got that have come in over the past little while. Sean White. Uh, posted us uh, on episode 500, thinking that that was a nice walk down memory lane. It says, absolutely love you all. Aww. Awesome milestone. This is the best tech channel ever. Sean yes. White. We love I agree. You, we Thank love you guys, you. too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a very kind comment. And you know what? That's kind of uh, like, it's like, really? Best tech show ever? Really? Yeah. Of all time. Like, future and past. Just ever. right now. Ever. Of all <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I appreciate that very, well, very much. Well, tech shows will, will have only have started, you know, since tech started. Oh, no. Know? Back in the days of Galileo. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was podcasting all the stuff that he was inventing. That's and, right. Subscribe oh, yeah. to Galileo. This is better than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sasha, you were looking for an imaginary video game that... Resides inside did my brain. ...did or did not exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you explain to us... This is from her childhood. You, you know those memories where it's like, I remember <laughs> that smell. I know I've tasted that, but I have no idea yeah. what it is or where it's from or where I've... Exactly. It's just, it's in her there. case, it's a video game. What, what, what is this game that you're having trouble tracking down? Okay, so it's like a side-scroller game, and it's in kind of grayscale gray more scale. than anything. Grayscale? Yeah, more than anything. It's like dark and, and white, like peaks and valleys, and they're kind of like jaggedy peaks and severe valleys. And you're just like a little guy, like kind of chickeny, but not necessarily chicken. It's and you're not flying. Atari. It's not like Defender or something. No, no. And you're huh. walking along and you're like, ding, ding, jumping over the thing and jump. And you can slide down some of the peaks, but you have to jump before you get to the valley. 
It might Man. not be I'm speechless. for real. If it is not a real game, that is my imagination, folks. Somebody my go out and invent this, <laughs> like code this game. It'll only take you 15 minutes. It oh. sounds very basic. Do Good it. point. <laughs> and then, Do it. And then send it to Sasha Good. and say, this is the one. <laughs> Good point, Alpec. Yeah. Maybe I didn't have a color TV. I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's it. It could oh. have been yeah. a black and white TV. It could have been a color game on a black and white TV. Now, Jason hmm. Dodd uh, wants to know, could it have been Pitfall? Pitfall is the one, though, where you jump on the alligator mouths, right? And you yeah, try not to fall. It's colored, it. so it is a colored game. I understand. But it could have been a black it, and white television. Yeah, it could have been a black mm, and white TV. There were no crocodiles. Are you colorblind? What, what color is my phone? <laughs> I'm not colorblind. Okay, just checking. Just Although checking. Netflix Brain Games, a very cool show, it will test you whether or not you're colorblind. Oh, yeah? Yes. Um, oh. It's not Pitfall. I like Pitfall. Okay. I mean, not that I don't like this <laughs> other one. Okay, so but you but you know Pitfall. I know Pitfall. You know and I Pitfall. Know that it's not. You play it on your retro pie. Right. On a 70-inch 4K television. <laughs> just giant. Just think about it's, that for a second here, that's, guys. Just amazing. That is super accurate. I actually have a ridiculous home theater system. <laughs> and totally she's got a it. retro pie plugged in and she's playing Pitfall on when the Atari 2600. When I play yeah. Montezuma's Revenge, he's like pretty big. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> life-size. <laughs> it's like a life-size baby jumping around. Uh, okay, Jason Dodd wants to know, could it have been Jungle King? I don't which know. Which we here in the mm-hmm. Western world know as Jungle Hunt. Can oh, we, can we pull up Jungle King? Can we? I you don't wanna, know. Let, wanna, should we take a look? I can and tell see? you right off okay. on the Google machine. I think we're probably going to have better luck here to do a search for Jungle Hunt. Jungle Hunt. This was an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see what we can come up with. Jungle Hunt. Here we go. Da, 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 da. Do you have any like screenshots? Um, not really on Wikipedia. Here's a YouTube video. Maybe it's uh, got some footage for us. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay, let's, let's see. 1982. Ooh. Nah, it's not a triangle. No. But... No. Oh, this looks fun. It looks do amazing. I have this on the retro pie? <laughs> I'm sure you probably do. <laughs> I feel like wow. I could get right into that. It's yeah. The rest of the day right now, it's going to play this game. That's amazing. Wow, okay. it takes me back. So, no. So, neither of those. N- neither of those. Okay, well, thanks for the try, Jason Dodd. Has anyone else mm. got any ideas? So, it's a side-scroller with peaks and valleys and a little triangle-like guy that could be a bunny or no, a, a chicken. No, chicken. Like a chicken. Like he's re- like... Chicken rope? He's got, like, stick <laughs> legs. Like, he has stick legs. And he's not crossing a road or anything. It's no. not like Frogger or some crazy thing like that. I wish my dad was still around because I feel He'd like remember. he would know what this game is if it exists or be able to tell me like oh poor little sasha in your brain Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. darn wait do you know what system it was on like generally i think it was atari unless it was like a a commodore Mm -hmm. 64 i had i think is that a thing yeah yeah Yeah, so one of those two (laughs) (laughs) take a look at every single single title for those like two consoles and i know narrow it down there were a lot of games. On way the too many. <laughs> oh my goodness! And because it was because of the way the platform was, there were a lot of third-party game developers mm-hmm. that were creating mm-hmm. games, and some of them were like knockoff games that nobody would have ever heard of. Could be one of those so too. It could have been like yeah. the the discount bin at the it local super. It would yeah. have been that. I yeah. I came from one of like I came from a family that would definitely shop in the discount bin. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. I also had like cassettes. I don't know if anybody remembers these. I don't know if you do, but from the gas stations, they used to give you like cassettes if you filled up your tank or spent a certain amount really? of money. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Like and they give you they the next tank. They, no, they would be like <laughs> stories. Like it was like. Aww. They'd be like, you filled your tank. That cost you $4. <laughs> so here's a mixtape. Here's tape. a cassette tape, and it was like children's huh. stories. And so Neat. my dad okay. would bring those home for us. Wow. I never encountered that. Yeah. But, hmm. That reminds me of the cereal boxes. Like back in the 90s and like early 2000s when I was a kid, um, when you bought like Cheerios or something, they had like a CD ROM of like oh, Roller yes. Coaster Tycoon or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was amazing. Bring back CDs and diapers boxes. used to come with, <laughs> diapers would come with a CD-ROM of like children's games, oh, like for man. toddlers. That's actually, they that's a great idea. That. They was a should real thing. do that more. <laughs> Yeah. Although now it'd be like, unless it's like a Blu-ray right? and something really... And I remember the kid's first mm. DVD of uh, Max and Ruby came <laughs> in a bag of diapers. <laughs> and it was a DVD that you could watch on the TV. I guess yeah. we do that a little bit. If you're a Patreon, right? Mm-hmm. Then we give you things. Fun <laughs> stuff. Fun stuff. And speaking of things that you can walk away with, well, let's just remind you that we've got our Category 5 prize bin, and it's a treasure chest of Yark. prizes. And it's a really cool contest because you can dig into that prize bin if you win. So if you mm-hmm. win, we don't say, here you go, we've got a micro drone. We mm-hmm. instead say, here's a treasure chest that has a micro drone in it. You can pick that, or you can pick. Let's go through the list. What do you say? A Category 5 Season 7 collectible photo book. This has got 20 pages of color photos. People were asking Uh, about that, that too, last time. That is super cool. From uh, 500. It's a collector's item. It's from Season 7. It covers 2007 through 2014 here on the show. We've got that in the treasure bin. What else have we got? Um, Amazon gift cards, which means you could probably buy your TP. (laughs) Your dog chews, whatever, whatever. you know, absolutely. Uh, we've got a VR headset that you can put your smartphone in it. If you've got a VR compatible cool. smartphone, it converts your phone into a VR headset. You've seen them here on the show. It works. You're 3D. Yeah, and you're going to be able to watch VR video. There, it's a growing uh, medium. YouTube has mm-hmm. got dedicated content now. You can actually go and search specifically for VR video. Uh, so, so cool. That's something that you'll be able to tap into. That's in the bin. What else? Woo. The Chipolo Bluetooth tracker device. Those are cool. Those are super cool. It's about the size of a coin, and it will help you find your lost stuff. Stick it on your key ring. If you ever lose your keys, you can bring it up on your smartphone and see where that wow. bad boy is located. See? You'll never lose anything ever Wait, again. Wait, can you put mm-hmm. it on your smartphone? You could put it on your smartphone, but it's actually <laughs> counterintuitive, Sasha, to do that. But you can find your smartphone from your Chipolo if you have lost your smartphone. So what you do then is you take the Chipolo <laughs> coin device, say it's on your key ring, you shake it. Okay. And then it will ring your phone. So it's bi-directional. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Do that, everybody. Can you put, if you have like kids, can you like stick it on your kid so so you'll never lose them in like the mall again? They don't recommend it. However, (laughs) the the new version, the Chipolo Plus, which we're giving away, it's in the prize bin, um, is waterproof, waterproof. So that is handy. It has the disadvantage that you can't change the battery, mm-hmm. but it has the advantage of being waterproof and the batteries last for a long, long time. Wow, anyways. Okay. So, um, so the world's best coffee mug. This is the coffee yeah, mug do you that you. That? Yes, that, that 
it stays it's warm forever. It's a thermal forever. vacuum yeah. coffee mug that eight hours later, your coffee's still fresh and hot. It's the now, future. That's in there. Right. It doesn't auto-refill your coffee. No, it's not magical. No, it's not magical, but it is <laughs> the be world's nice. best. <laughs> now, see how, you know, it seems very miscellaneous because the whole idea behind mm-hmm. the treasure bin is that this is a miscellaneous tub of awesome prizes and you can pick one if you win. Uh, we've also got a kilowatt. The kilowatt is really cool because, hey, if you, you know, rising electrical prices here in Ontario, folks, and, uh, and so as that happens, we start to look at our devices and say, okay, is mm-hmm. my old computer using a lot of energy? Is the freezer in the basement using a lot of electricity? Maybe the fridge in the mm-hmm. garage? You know, what is it? And uh, so with the kilowatt, you plug your devices into it, and it basically goes, you know, you plug it into the wall, plug your device hmm. into it, and it will show you how much electricity is being used, wow. how much it costs you uh, based oh. on the kilowatt hour price. That is cool. And it shows you your devices so that you know what is costing you money. And then you can do what needs to be done. So that's one of the prizes that are in there. It helps you to figure things out. Of course, drone season's here. Best time of the year. We've got micro drones. They're in there. And uh, we've even got a StickBot green screen starter kit. You saw uh, the StickBot green screen setup that my son uses. Uh, uh, That was back on our March break family special. And uh, we've got a great big kit to give away that comes with all the stuff to get you started from the tripod adapter for your phone Mm -hmm. to the green screen to a couple of StickBots and some accessories and things like that. That's fun for the kids. Or if you want to do stop motion, it's a great family thing. And uh, the kids absolutely love it. So... How can you qualify for one of these prizes to How can you? to win? Yeah, How can you, Robbie? Question, right, that's the question we all want to know. All you got to do is email contest at category five tv. When you do, just tell us what you love about the show, how long you've been watching, tell us a little bit about why you watch, and uh, and give us some feedback on what we're doing right what you love about the show. Um, speaking of, we've got some that have come in. We're not going to go over all of the entries that have come in so far, but thank you for sending yours in. Uh, Dennis Kelly, first of all, says, I love the community of viewers and the content that the show provides. Robbie, you've got a great way of presenting the content, and you do so in a way that we can all understand. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. Dennis, and I, I, I really you know, that's, that's what we're going for here. So, you know, I yeah. appreciate that a lot. Uh, you want to take Mike O's comment here? I will totally. Mike O says, thank you all for the show. I had to end it with another tech show I was into from the late 90s and was looking for something new. I don't remember what I searched for to find you. Probably just awesome tech show. Yeah, that's, just, all, no, that's all it takes. You come up um, number one in Google. No, but, but I have a feeling <laughs> Linux was part of it. According to Sean White. Yeah, well, Sean White, yeah. uh, he's always right. So yeah. He asked yeah. Sean White, oh, hey, okay. Sean, what, what show do you recommend? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <me> tell you. <laughs> but he thinks that Linux was possibly part of it, so ah. how he found the show. I'm getting back into Linux from a 15-year break, hopefully not Windows, just kidding. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm running a Ubuntu 16.04 on an old HP with a new SSD. Okay, so some good Screaming fast LTS. It's pretty beautiful. good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, and I really get into the Linux parts of your shows. Between shows, I have been going backwards in time watching older shows, and I love what you all are doing so much, so I have become a Patreon. Mike, that's... Hey, nice. Thanks, Mike. That is absolutely... Thank you so much for supporting the show. Category 5 is the only show I have ever supported this way, as well as the Amazon thing. Anyways, congrats on the big 500. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that very, very much. 
Uh, and thank you, as, as Henry says, we appreciate you taking on Category 5 as a patron so that you're, you know, that means that uh, Mike is contributing to, uh, to this show so that we can bring it to you for free. Right. And if that's something that you're interested in, all you have to do is go to cat5.tv slash Patreon and find out more about how you can just chip in as little as 25 cents an episode. But if you can do a dollar an episode and think, hey, it's worth it, then uh, that really, really helps us out as well. So thank mm-hmm. you very much, Mike. Mike will help us buy mics. There you go. There you go. We need a new mic cable, Mike. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sasha, do you want to take Sandy's uh, comment here? Sure. Sandy says, I'm a co-host in a podcast myself over... Blog Linux or Blog Linux. Ah, this is French. Ah, there's only Blog Linux. Le, le Blog de Linux. We are from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Yay! <laughs> and our podcast is in French. Ah. Awesome. Uh, we are recording an audio podcast every two weeks. We also nice. we're also live during the recording. Every oh. two weeks, we are sharing what we've been doing in our spare time with our listeners, but we're also discussing news about Linux, being a maker, the Raspberry Pi, mm. and our. our <laughs> Arduino? Arduino. Nice. Nice. Um, so we're doing all so, so, kinds of maker stuff. So pretty yeah. much, yeah. They're, they're our French cousins. Ah, I, uh, I, I wish I, I could know. understand you because then I could enjoy this content. I, lived, I lived in Quebec for a bit and I'm still so. Some, French? Well, I understand it better than I speak it. I want I you to tune into Blog Linux and I see want to. what yeah. this is, you know, if you can glean what they're trying to say. Well, sometimes I can't glean what you're trying to say. I know, right? It's like, so Uh-oh. get technical <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I love everything about your show, every subject you bring, and all your co hosts. But sometimes I miss Kelsey. Yeah, I'm biased like that. I'm a reddish hair girl. I love Doctor Who, especially Amy Pond. I'm also a big fan of Star Trek. I don't know why I miss Kelsey so much. Is is this Kelsey sending this? This sounds like (laughs) Kelsey. These are all the things that Kelsey likes. Man. No wonder you miss Kelsey. I miss Kelsey so Kel- much. Kelsey, Kelsey is still with us, and Kelsey is just uh, off at school right now. Summer vacay is coming, so we're going to be seeing her very soon. Sandy, thank you very, very much for sending in your uh, your comments, and uh, we appreciate that very, very much. And, and all the best with your podcast, and hope that that goes well. And thank you for helping uh, to spread the word about open source and free technology and all the great things that are going on with Raspberry Pi and Arduino and all the cool stuff that we can do with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, keep it up. Sparkly Ball says, My first episode was the one with Erica Lalonde when you announced the release of Unraid version 6. My favorite thing about Cap 5 is the wide range of topics that you cover. Cheers for that. Appreciate it very, very much. And thanks for watching. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun actually being a, uh, having the privilege of unveiling Unraid 6. Uh, and Unraid, of course, is a non-raid um, NAS unit that you can build yourself. Um, you've heard of the Drobo. What's cool about the Drobo, if you mm-hmm. will, the, the one standout feature of Drobo versus a traditional RAID is that mm-hmm. you can stick a bunch of 500 gig drives in there, and then you can pull one of those 500s and stick in a 3 terabyte, and it will rebuild the 3 terabyte really? and add the additional space. Unlike a RAID where they all have to match, right? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Unraid does the same thing, but it does it using your own build. 
So you can have as many drives as you want. There's mm-hmm. a free version that will let you do up to three drives, but then you can pay uh, a, a very modest fee in order to add up to, I think it's like 20-some-odd drives if you wanted to. My server's got eight drives in it. I've got four and a half terabytes. So and far. <laughs> anytime I need more space, I just pull the smallest drive and put in another three or four terabyte drive, wow. and boom, it exp- expands it, and it's beautiful. Huh. Um, so, yeah, we cover some really cool stuff uh, over the course of... As many episodes as we've done, eh? Uh, Amos says, I really love your show. I first came across your program about four years ago while searching for content on my Roku. That's cool. That is really interesting. So eh? we're on Roku. We're on various platforms. Roku is, uh, you know, they've, they've sold millions of these things. Uh, you can walk into a, a, a big box store here in Canada and buy a TV that has our show built into it thanks to Roku. That's so amazing. You can walk out and plug it in and there's Category 5 technology TV. So that, how cool is that? Um, so watching on Roku found us that way. As I watched the first show, I realized that this is exactly what I was looking for. Since I have recently become involved in learning Ubuntu Linux through your show, I have learned so much about Linux and other technology. I even take notes during the show. I have begun to contribute to your work through Patreon. Hey, thanks, Amos. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, says it's totally worth it to me. So keep up the good work and I'll keep watching. So kind. I appreciate that so very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everyone for sending in your, your, um, your ballots, if you will, your comments, your, your praise. And uh, that's how you can qualify for our, our big contest where you can get Senior, into the... Uh, Senior Senor Wences. Says that uh, mm-hmm. his first episode was the anniversary episode that we had in the church with the people in the audience, which I thought was my first audience, or my first Yeah, so it's your second well. episode, right? I think... That we kind of talked yeah. about? Yeah. That was her second appearance, when, and that was season six, episode one. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I've been cool. around since... His- that was your first experience, was us sitting down to reminiscing about the show. And I loved that Isn't that episode. interesting, eh? Wow. And, and uh, it's so great to have you still joining us even today. Here we are, hundreds of episodes later. Uh, time flies. We've got a fun show tonight. We're going to be looking at GIMP 2.9.5. Yeah, 2.9.5. Two yes. <laughs> you know, it's just a GIMP. You just add a few zeros yeah. on. And well, it's, it gets number. confusing because the version in the repositories are 2.8. Mm. They're working on 2.10, but until they get there, it's all these incrementals on 2.5. 2.9. No, 2.9. <laughs> so it's 2.9.2345. So they're halfway through 2.9. Now. Or two, between well, 2.9 and 2.10. Who they're halfway really there. Knows? Who really knows? Right? But tonight we're going to show you some really cool stuff with that. <laughs> um, we're going to show you how to install it on your uh, Ubuntu system as well. Um, so we're going to take a really, really quick break. When we come back, we're going to be looking at the GNU Image Manipulation Program. It's a free alternative to Adobe Photoshop. Stick around. Jeff Weston. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, 
you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and you'll find our website at category5.tv. Thanks for being here. You were just checking out the chat room, Alpec said. Yeah, and again, we have somebody else going down memory lane here. And he, uh, they said that uh, they found Category 5 when you, Mr. Robbie, um, built an Unraid server around Episode 103. It's like all about Unraid. I guess we got to do more Unraid. Apparently, yeah, apparently it's helpful. Everybody's like, I saw, I saw you first on Unraid. Isn't That's, that funny, eh? That was way back. 103. And I yeah. built my first Unraid system out of an old P4 or some crazy thing. Well, it's again, you make, you make it so then people can understand, though. That's, yeah. And that's what people are saying is that mm. we, need, we need more of this. Cool. So yeah, awesome. let's do some more hands-on this season. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Speaking of hands-on, oh boy, I got a new computer at work. Ooh. I just, I, I got bragging rights. Oh no. How okay. much? <laughs> Tell me more. Specs. A little bit of specs for you. Kay. It has two octa-core CPUs, Xeon. So 12 cores plus hyper-threading takes it to 24 cores. I got me a 24-core computer. Uh, mm. Then uh, it's got uh, not 4, not 8, not 16, not 32, not 64, but 96 gigs of RAM. I'm doing that's a some, lot. That's a lot. We're doing some virtualization. I guess and so. Boy, oh boy. I have never even seen a computer that's so sweet. Is there actually anything you can't do now? No. Absolutely not. I can take over do? the world. It's more powerful than any of the servers that we use. It's can, like, can you still play Pong on it? You can absolutely. Okay, okay. Still have Pong. <laughs> <laughs> One billion calculations per second. 24 core Pong. <laughs> yeah, uh, check out my stats. So well, I, I just, you know, we, I wanted to see what it looked like. Here you go. That is System Monitor in GNOME with all 24 cores just oh my sitting gosh. there idling. That is amazing. <laughs> There's my memory. And it, it gave me a 96 gig. I installed uh, elementary OS, and uh, it gave me the, uh, the swap space, which I absolutely don't need, but it actually did a one-to-one and gave me 96 gigs of swap. So I'm going to extend my file system later and, and remove that. It's completely unnecessary. Wow. But it's nutty. Wow. So I, you know, virtualization, you think about virtual machines. Yeah. And so I've got VirtualBox installed. I've got a couple machines that I use for support and development and wow. everything else. So I just throw a couple more cores at them, stick in some more RAM just That's by dra- dragging some sliders. But one of the problems that I had when I, so I, I redeployed my virtual machine, which is Windows 7 that I use specifically for Adobe Photoshop. Hey, it works. And when I did this, of course, adding three more cores to make it a four-core virtual machine, adding another uh, four gigs of RAM to bring it up to eight, um, then all of a sudden, Photoshop deactivated itself and said, you need to reactivate. Now, keep in mind, the only reason that I use Photoshop is because GIMP has terrible scaling. Keep that in mind as we lead into our feature tonight. GIMP scaling will result in lossiness. So if Mm -hmm. you resize an image, it's going to go blurry. 
Okay. Okay. So I would use Photoshop specifically and pretty much only mm-hmm. to scale my images because it does a fantastic job. But mm-hmm. because that's all I do, I'm not buying the latest and greatest Photoshop. It's yeah. CS2. So now, because this is such an old version of Photoshop, it's mm-hmm. deactivated itself, having increased the, you know, changed the computer, basically. It thinks it's on a new computer. Mm-hmm. Now it says it can't be activated because they no longer have that particular oh, product. Right. So it thinks that you physically switched the computer. Of the yes. Oh, okay. Right. So the product wow. is no longer working. It says, click here to activate. It can't activate because it's such an old version. Oh my the gosh. activation server is gone. It says, call mm-hmm. this number. You call that number and it says, we no longer have phone activation service. Go to this website. So you go to that website and it wants you to buy this Adobe license and it will allow you to activate the newest and latest and greatest, but definitely not CS2. Right. That's sad. So... All that said, the only reason I need Photoshop or had used Photoshop is for scaling because GIMP had this real issue with GIMP 2.8 where if you change Mm -hmm. the size of an image, so shrink down an image to fit it on your website or your blog, it -hmm. will be grainy. It'll be blurry. Right. Terrible thing to have happen to your photos and not something that I want when I'm building a website or doing things like that. So, Mm -hmm. lucky for us. 2.10 of the GIMP is coming out now. When I say GIMP, it stands for GNU Image Manipulation Program. It has always been a free alternative to Adobe Photoshop. But Mm. there was this, well, there are a couple of things that are not as good as Photoshop. First of all, CMYK support didn't exist. Um, So it was all RGB. Um, Mm. So if you're doing print, that may matter to you. Uh, But for me, doing web, I don't care. I'm working in RGB anyway. So um, then the biggest thing to me, the main thing that made me um, need Photoshop was just that lossy scaling. So that was a big problem. So with version 2.10 they're doing away with that problem. We're going to take a look. I'm going to show you, first of all, okay, so we need to install uh, GIMP 2.9.5, which is not available in the repositories. Hmm. Let's get a look at my laptop and see um, what this looks like here. So right now, I've got GNU Image Manipulation Program installed. It's version 2.8, as you saw flash by there. Uh, 2.8.18. So that is the currently installed version on Ubuntu. Uh, I can confirm that that is the latest and greatest that they have in the repository uh, by jumping into my terminal, and we'll go sudo apt-get update to get the latest list. Just throw in your password there. And then we're going to go sudo apt-get install GIMP, and that's going to tell us GIMP is already the newest version, 2.8.18. Well, we know that's not the case. So... What we want to do is we want to add a PPA with this command, add apt repository, and then PPA colon auto dash Kessel goulash slash gimp dash edge. Don't worry, I will type these out for you. And hitting that command is just going to give you some information about the repository. Just hit enter, and that's going to add that to your system. So now when we do a sudo apt get update, it's going to get some packages from that PPA. And I can again sudo apt-get install GIMP. And this time, there are some new packages for us. So let's say yes, and we'll see what happens here. So that's just going to go through the, uh, the PPA, downloading those new packages. You can see that that's grabbing it from the PPA there. 
see get eight ppa.launchpad.net slash photo. So it shouldn't take too long. And what we're doing here is we're installing what's called a development version of the GNU image manipulation program on Ubuntu. And we're doing this so that we can basically evaluate the features that are coming in 2.10. And with that, we're going to be able to get around the problem of lossy scaling. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a couple moments' time. Okay, so that looks like it's done. sudo apt-get install gimp again. It will show me now. You've got the latest version. It is 2.9.5. Sweet. How long did that take us? Not very long. Not long. Let's <laughs> check it out. See how things have changed. Ooh, <laughs> Maison de Gimp. How very French. This show is going French today. And now if we look at the about, we see 2.9.5 is the version of Gimp that we're now running. So it only took us like two minutes, not even. That was real yeah. time, live, and uh, nice and simple. And so let's, uh, let's grab an image and let's see what, uh, what, we, can, what we can do here. So... Uh, I'll show you a little bit about what's different. And we're going to be getting into um, the GNU image manipulation program uh, throughout, you know, throughout Category 5 TV. We love the program. Right. And we're going to be looking at some of the new features. So tonight, we're not getting into the real deep down, you know, we're not getting under the hood too much. But we're looking at how highly improved the scaling in the GIMP is. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to resize an image just to show you how loss, lossless it is. Because one of the things is is that um, they have set out with 2.10 to create lossless um, scaling. So we're going to go, uh, what are we going to do? Pexels. Let's just go to pexels.com. Pexels.com is just free. Um, free images. Right? Free images, yeah, like uh, stock imagery. Uh, what do we want to do? Do we want like a city which has some, some straight lines. I think that would probably be a good example because we're going to see some aliasing normally mm -hmm. uh, with the building windows and things like that. How high of a resolution is that? That's a bit of a grainy photo, so yeah. maybe not a good example. Let's see what else we can come up with. Um, that's pretty sleek. Ooh, that's nice. That's, I like the looks of that one. That's Ooh. actually got Ooh. some really nice um, fog to it as well. I would hang that in my living room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's huge high res. This is a great site, folks. Pexels.com. We've talked about it on the show I before. Want that. There we go. Okay, so let's grab that image. Sasha, it's free. It's I, Pexels, so right, you can I download can, it. You can have it plaqued I and printed. I could get it, and exactly. It's, it's all you. Print yeah. it onto a canvas frame or, or a canvas thing. Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah, there absolutely. Go. Just plaque it and mount it. Okay, I'm just going to throw that on my desktop. No problem. There we go. Okay, so now we've got it. Um, and I have downloaded it, but I could have just downloaded it uh like loaded it remotely too so hmm. file let's see what's going on is my development version frozen brain fart it's possible let's try again oh i think it's actually my let's see my computer there we go okay so this image has an embedded color profile okay blah 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 that's fine we can convert it or keep it or whatever we want to do Hmm. It's a big image, Sasha. I want it. <laughs> so many pixels. So you can imagine how nice an apartment would look with that hanging. Oh, it'd be big. lovely. Yeah. yeah. What if your apartment was in that shot? Like you're just randomly in one of the skyscrapers. Ah. So it's photoception. You're in the photo. <laughs> of 
Okay. <laughs> if, if you're, I like it. I know they're, they're talking, but you can't see them because I'm like playing on the computer. <laughs> but um, if you're a Photoshop fan, um, check this out. Windows, single window mode, boom. Looks a lot more like Photoshop, doesn't it? So that's, that's called single window mode. Hmm. Uh, so what we want to look at, let's, let's get right in there. Let's just hit one on my keyboard to see. Wow, is that ever high res? Look at that. <laughs> Tripping out. Okay. Oh, you could so, probably see people in there, really. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you if you went window to window, we might just be able to spy on some folks here. There you go. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to right-click and go image, scale image. And you're familiar with this dialogue. You've seen this before. What we're going to do differently, though, is, okay, I'm going to say... 1,000. And I wonder if cubic interpolation is going to give me the results that the old you know, GIMP 2.8 would have given. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty good. Although I did see some aliasing there. Yeah, definitely some aliasing on the right-hand side, mm-hmm. which is kind of like jagged edges on the windows. So we're not going to actually use cubic uh, subsampling. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to use one of the two new options. Ooh. And what we're going to do, image, scale image, and now I'm downscaling. So there are two new ones, no halo and low halo. So what's the difference here? Low halo is essentially um, for when you downsize an image um, that is less than half of the original size. So that's the one that I'm going to be using here right. today because I'm going from like 6,000 pixels to yeah. 1,000. So I'm going to use low halo. Um, there's also no halo, which is good if you are um, reducing the image only ever so slightly. For example, okay. you've corrected the rotation of an image, mm-hmm. and so then you've had to crop so that you don't have the, uh, okay. the lines, right? So, so you're, you're not really scaling it down too much. You're going to use uh, no halo in that particular instance. Hmm. So by selecting now low halo for this particular downscale, again, because I'm going more than half the size um, in image reduction, and then I'm going to scale that. And there it goes. So this is an entirely new feature in the 2.9 branch. And there we have it. That's scaled down to 1,000 pixels and looks fantastic. So it's really, really hard to tell the difference just looking at it like that. Maybe you can, maybe, you know, we could do some comparisons and things like that. Mm. Uh, probably if you shrunk it down and blew it up again, you're going to see the difference. But there's an, a significant difference because these two new options are basically built into the product to specifically provide lossless looking scaling mm. so that when you shrink it down, you're not going to get that blur right. that traditionally we've had with the GIMP. So of course, this again is development, uh, a development release. It's not to be considered stable, but okay. it works fairly well. So if you want to give it a go, um, you can follow the directions from tonight's episode and, uh, and give it a, you know, try it out. If you've got a virtual machine, try it in that first and see if you like it before you deploy it onto your uh, your actual production system. Um, and it is available as well. I think 2.9.4 right now mm-hmm. is compiled to uh, to Windows, which is going to give you those same, same features. So mm. this is great for me because now I've done away with the need for Adobe Photoshop yeah. entirely. Right. Which also oh, means... Congratulations, Robbie. Thank you. <laughs> Which also means no need to have Windows running on yes. computer. <laughs> so fantastic. Double win. Super cool. You have a get GIMP at GIMP.org, and you can 
find out more about the product, uh, learn a lot. We've done a lot of tutorials here on the show. Go to category5.tv, click on search at the top right, and just type in G-I-M-P. Sasha, we're going to head over to the newsroom. What have you got for us today? Well, here are the stories we're covering this week in the category5.tv newsroom. Phishing scams can make themselves look exactly like the real site right down to the URL in the address bar. A real medical tricorder is coming to retail shelves. The Nintendo NES Classic Edition has finished its short run. And now novice hackers can buy their own ransomware service that more than pays for itself after just one successful infection. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, Because Cat5.tv slash GearBest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about uh, consumer electronics? Those make a great gift. Absolutely. From high-tech watches to action cameras, headphones, even virtual reality headsets. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has you covered. They literally have it all, Jeff. Literally. Really? It's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb. Yeah. I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of ele- uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gearbest. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, But of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. Cat5.tv slash your best. That's right. Happy shopping. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of April 26, 2017. There is a phishing attack that is receiving much attention the past few weeks in the security community. This variant of a phishing attack uses Unicode to register domains that look identical to real domains. These fake domains can be used in phishing attacks to fool users into signing to a fake website, thereby handing over their login credentials to an attacker. This affects the current version of Chrome browser and the current version of Firefox. This does not affect Internet Explorer or Safari browsers. As an example to demonstrate how an attacker can register their own domain that looks exactly 
that looks identical to another company's domain in the browser, security researchers at WordFence decided to imitate a healthcare site called Epic.com by registering their own fake site. As you can see in the screenshot, both of these domains appear identical in the browser, but they are completely different websites. The fake epic.com domain is actually the domain xn-e1awd7f.com, but it appears in Chrome and Firefox as epic.com. This is because the xn-dash prefix is an ASCII-compatible encoding prefix. It lets the browser know that the domain uses Punicode encoding to represent Unicode characters. In non-techie speak, this means that if you have a domain with Chinese or other international characters, you can register a domain name with normal A to Z characters that can allow a browser to represent that domain as international characters in the location bar. There is a way to disable the dangerous feature in Firefox by turning Punicode off and Chrome has released an update as of last week that fixes the issue. So update immediately. Wow. Incredible. I, I'm mind blown because I remember mm -hmm. seeing a phishing scam come into my Gmail inbox that when I hovered over the links, it showed the right URL wow. and all of that. Like it looked so real. Right, you yeah. said that on an episode. Yes. You showed it. It was crazy. But now it makes sense because yeah. I was in Gmail in Chrome. Right. Yeah, the right the browser, right? So, so they had exploited the fact that Chrome then interprets the Unicode and uh. says epic.com or Microsoft.com or so smart. whatever. Twitter.com. Click here to log into your Twitter account. Like, it's such a simple the thing, bad, but it's so smart. Like, yeah. that's it is part. brilliant. The bad people scary. are super smart. <laughs> yeah, and why does it take the bad people figuring this out for the good people to figure it out? Goodness hey, me. Good people story you next. You just generalized <laughs> so wow. much. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got now? XPRIZE and the Qualcomm Foundation during a ceremony held in Hollywood announced that the Final Frontier Medical Devices team won the Qualcomm Tricorder XPRIZE competition. Ooh. Good people. And the winner is, quite possibly, humankind. Final Frontier, which hails from Philadelphia and was led by emergency room medic Dr. Basil Harris and his brother George Harris, a network engineer, accepted the $2.6 million top prize. The Tricorder XPRIZE competition was established in 2012, challenging anyone or any team to develop a practical, lightweight, mobile, real-world version of Star Trek's fictional tricorder that everyday people could use at home without the presence of a doctor or healthcare provider to evaluate health issues, thus making it no longer imaginary. It is actually now not fictional, a real thing. There were more than 300 teams participating. The two finalists were Dynamical Biomarkers Group from Taiwan and Final Frontier Medical Devices from Philadelphia. Many clinical solutions offer a 40% accuracy rate, but XPRIZE set a goal of 70% accuracy rate of testing and user experience. Both groups combined to an average of 72% accuracy with their devices and 82% positive user experience with the devices. The winning device is an artific artificial intelligence-based engine that learns to diagnose medical conditions by integrating learnings from clinical emergency medicine with data analysis from actual patients. The tricorder includes a group of non-invasive sensors that are designed to collect data about vital signs, body, chemistri body chemistry, and biological functions. 
This information is then synthesized in the device's diagnostic engine to make a quick and accurate assessment. DBG was named runner-up and accepted a check for $1 million. Oh, that's all? <laughs> wow. Final Frontier, Basil Leaf Technologies, won the top prize of $2.6 million. The tricorder will be available on retail shelves once it is ready. I think that this is such an incredible development. So cool. So oh super cool. I love it when things like, well, when Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek inspires development of technologies right mm -hmm. where's your uh oh over here my fitbit what's that this is my fitbit it's your fitbit that's right what is it doing right now it's counting my steps counting your steps does it yeah. measure heart rate and all it's, that yes they yeah. do have ones they that do, do have ones that do mm -hmm. yeah it tracks my sleep but you know. So doesn't it make sense that okay? So they've got. I see yeah. um, what looks like um, like um, what do you call it? Like heart monitors, yeah. heart sensors. Yeah. Um, I see like various sensors. Uh, one that goes on your finger probably. Oh, tests that would be blood for pressure. oxygen. Yeah. That does oxygen too. Oxygen and blood oh. pressure. Yeah. So with those, um, mm -hmm. and then connected to a tablet or a mobile phone, like a smartphone through Bluetooth. Probably asks you a series of questions. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, wow! This is incredible, especially for anybody who doesn't have healthcare like we have, where. <laughs> You know. Oh wow! You right? raise an interesting point. Like think no, about that, that's true though. Missionary like, work. Exactly. Or, so like if you go yeah. overseas or things like that, and you're able to help people so much more easier now, mm. and you don't really have to worry about well, you still have to worry about sterilization, but you don't have to worry about like any needles or things like that because if it's just like a tricorder, everything is external, right? It's, so mm. it makes people more safe. Right. Meanwhile, still so getting things hopefully right. This is revolutionary. This is real life. These are the good people. Can the next X Prize be like a teleporter or something? Ooh, yes. <laughs> Beam me up, Robbie. I'd like I to not be part of that trial. Okay, if we're talking uh -huh. about no, but if we're talking about you know third world and maybe um, natural disaster recovery and and helping people, um, I want to see. So thinking along the lines of teleporter because they need to perfect that first. So get on it. Mm -hmm. um, food replicators. That is good. That would be awesome. We have like three D printers already. So could you? inject proteins and stuff and make there are folks that hamburger. i mean you think about they, like they do that with chocolate they have 3d printers that print chocolate so oh, i need one <laughs> so they have you know they've tried stuff for in space where like it's just a tube of protein shake basically that prints out to different various but it's not the same as a replicator yeah no, no not the not. same at all but a valiant huh. effort yes i love food so <laughs> yeah if you can make more food that is awesome i want to see mm. one that just 3D prints me some fried chicken. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nintendo is discontinuing the NES Classic Edition, a plug-and-play console that became popular with collectors as soon as it launched last fall. A Nintendo representative confirmed that the last shipment of the NES Classic Editions will hit stores this month. Once that stock dries up, retailers will not receive any additional new consoles. This was the plan all along, according to Nintendo, who told IGN NES Classic wasn't intended to be an ongoing long-term product. However, due to high demand, we did add extra shipments to our original plans. The Famicom Classic Edition, the Japanese version of the mini NES, has also ended production. However, on the website, they leave some hope, saying, This product has ended production for now. When production is being resumed, we will tell you on the website.
Along with the NES Classic Edition systems, Nintendo will also discontinue the NES Classic controller. The peripheral is sold separately and compatible with both Wii and Wii U as well. It plugs into the Wii remote to be used for NES Virtual Console games. This kind of reminds me, to be honest, of like when they take um, Disney movies back off the shelf. And it's and sort then of bring like it back again. they bring it back. Yeah, exactly. yeah limited time. They're just yeah. like, they really want you to really want one. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's, a, there's going around the internet right now, like the rumor mills and stuff. They canceled the NES Classic because they might come out with the SNES Classic. So, like the Ooh. next version. So, it's not confirmed yet, but that's what they're thinking. Could be. You never know. Have you um, liked and followed our Facebook page? Because we happen to have a picture there of a possible miniature Super NES Classic. Wow. If you haven't yet, do it so now. So, mrcat5.tv slash Facebook and give us a thumbs up on that photo. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, back to the bad ones. Uh-oh. <laughs> Cyber crooks have begun, begun retailing a new easy-to-use ransomware strain that promises profit with only one successful infection. The tool, called Carmen, is being sold on the dark web forums from Russian-speaking cyber criminal Dev Bidox for $175. The new ransomware-as-a-service variant offers a graphical dashboard allowing purchasers to keep a running tally of the number of infections and their earnings in real time. The malware requires very little technical skill to deploy, according to threat intelligence company Recorded Future. Carmen encrypts files on the infected machine using a strong AES-256 protocol, wait, 256 protocol, (laughs) making them inaccessible unless victims pay the attacker for a decryption key. Keeping up-to-date backups would negate the need to cave into such demands and remains the best strategy for safeguarding against ransomware infection. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website's www.category5.tv. You're talking about ransomware and the the risks of ransomware. And now Mm -hmm. that hackers are selling a tool that will allow script kitties to deploy and distribute their own ransomware to collect upon. So really, you have to do preventative backups and ongoing. Mm -hmm. She hit it right there. Backups. That is your only surefire protection against ransomware. Mm -hmm. Period. If you haven't done your backups you're not safe. Mm -hmm. You think you're safe on Linux, you're not. You think you're safe because you've got antivirus, you're not. And let me explain that. So you've got a server Mm -hmm. and it's got file sharing on it. Mm -hmm. And it's Linux. Linux is not susceptible to ransomware infections, so you are safe, right? I hope so. I don't think so now, the way you're saying this. (laughs) But Joe Blow user (laughs) comes in with his laptop. Right. Sits mm-hmm. down, plugs it in, or goes on the Wi-Fi and starts messing around. And mm-hmm. oh, there's an email. They find one of those really cool um, Unicode um, phishing scam emails and click on the link that they think they're going to Epic.com, and instead they get a piece of ransomware that goes into their computer. And the first 
thing that ransomware does these days is it goes out on the network. Mm -hmm. Now, don't think in terms of a virus because, yes, your Linux machine is not going to catch a virus Mm -hmm. in the same way that a Windows machine is. Your Windows machines that have antivirus on there, like ESET Smart Security or Endpoint Security, Mm -hmm. something that has uh, exploit blocking as opposed to just antivirus, um, they're probably not going to get infected. But what happens now, okay, Joe Blow user sit, sitting down at his computer, he gets mm-hmm. the infection on his computer, it goes out silently, he doesn't even know what's happening, right. on the network, and it finds that Linux server. The Linux server can't catch the virus, but the right. Linux server has a, rep- a repository of all of your business's files, right. True. all of your documents, all of your kids' photos, all of your videos, all of your email, everything is stored on that Linux server. Mm -hmm. and is accessible by the infected Windows machine. So now it starts encrypting those quietly. And Linux doesn't say anything about it. It doesn't mind because Mm -hmm. you can encrypt files. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You can edit your files and it's just file storage and it's happy. Your NAS unit is now susceptible because it's accessible by an infected machine. So folks say, you know, I have antivirus on my computer. How is it possible that the files on that same computer that has antivirus got encrypted. Oh, well, did you realize that the computer in the back room that you haven't used since mm. 1996 is running because it runs this software, that software, and it has no anti-malware, and it got the infection, and it crawled out over the, over the network and encrypted any files that it found on the network, including the Linux server, including the files Linux. on your Windows machine that has an antivirus. That's completely game-changing. <laughs> Completely. Like, tragic. Absolutely. And once we realize Mm -hmm. the the paradigm of how these types of ransomware malware infect, if you will, or encrypt, Mm -hmm. we realize, oh, it doesn't actually need to infect the computer that it's encrypting. No. It just has to be able to access it through the network. And it could be anywhere. You give your Wi-Fi password to somebody or somebody cracks your Wi-Fi password and they get an infection, you get a router that has the default username and password and mm-hmm. a bot it compromises it and installs ransomware on it. Well, what if you're using public Wi-Fi, right? Because there's so many places you can go for these sure. days. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like there's restaurants, libraries, public Wi-Fi everywhere, right? All you need is one person to sit down with mm-hmm. that program that we said earlier and it's, it's horrible. So then the user says, oh, well, on my public Wi-Fi, I don't have access to my home server, so I'm safe while I'm there. Mm-hmm. But remember... And this is, this is what I do, is try to educate and, and okay, we've got to think this through. So you're on the library Wi-Fi, you get that infection on your laptop, mm-hmm. then you and it, it lies dormant. Until you okay. get home. <laughs> you get home, and it starts looking for stuff, but... That's creepy. <laughs> then you get home, and you plug it into your Wi-Fi there, or your Ethernet there, mm-hmm. and it says, oh... There's an Ubuntu computer over there that has file sharing enabled, and oh, it looks like that's where you store all of your family's files, and the reason that you've shared it is because you want your wife to also have access to it from her computer, Uh, and you to have access from your laptop, and blah, blah, blah. So let's encrypt those. And now all your files are lost. So backing up a little bit, backups are your only surefire protection. Now, how do you know how frequently you should be backing up? Like, what would you say is a safe schedule for backup? Your schedule is based on how much time passes before what I would lose in a catastrophic failure becomes 
un, unimaginably painful to me, mm. right? Right. So if if I take if I get my camera and I take pictures once a month and I load them onto my server, mm. then I'm okay to run a backup once a week. Oh, yeah. Now, if I'm a professional photographer and I take wedding photos every Saturday, yeah. and, and you know, I need to make sure that those are backed up and in a safe right. place every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's a different case. So you have to think about you know what would happen if I lost everything. How far back can right. I can I lose? Right. Because and if I backed up last Saturday, I'll only lose everything that happened between Saturday and today. Right. If I'm doing it properly. So for for like regular home use, probably weekly is good. Weekly is probably good. Make sure you're doing something like RDIF backup mm-hmm. so that those backups now are not touchable by the malware. Yeah, so okay. keep them separate. Yeah, and okay. or you know some people will take uh, an external drive and and actually you know run the backup and then turn it off or unplug it is mm-hmm. is even a better thing or move it to a safety deposit yep. box or you know something to get it off of the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you can also if it's Linux for example you could have it so that the sharing does not allow access to the backup drive so that even if that malware en- encrypted the files on the master folder. Um, the backup itself can't be touched. But then you need RDIF backup or something so that if your backup then runs and overwrites all the files on the backup, you can still go back a day, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the other case is, oh, well, my backup just copies the files every yeah, day. Yeah, and then that's going to be... Overwriting <laughs> any files that change. Oh, dear. So then you lose everything anyways, so... It's tricky business. It is, yeah. Hey, if you've got any questions about the security of your environment, please email me. Uh, you can get us at live at category5.tv. It's a very serious um, issue and a, and a mm-hmm. terrible time for novice users to try to figure out, you know, am I safe? Are my files safe? Mm-hmm. And right. Sasha said it, back up, back up, back up. That's your only protection against this kind of thing in mm. reality. We need backup. <laughs> back in a back in a <laughs> Well, I hope y'all have had fun today. I've had fun. I've had fun. Awesome. Sasha, you sound great. Like your voice is all better. You're feeling good. What a horrible week that was last week. That was hard. Like not only do I talk for an hour on this show, but my actual job is... Talk, talk, talk. It's... Stand, stand, stand. And then we go and change the set to standing. (laughs) What kind of a jerk am I? It's fine. <laughs> it was emotional for me to lose my voice mm. because wow. I rely so heavily on my communication. Mm-hmm. I felt really horrible that I couldn't participate more last week. I was unable to speak. You did well. You, well, you were here. You. I was here. You were here. I was here. Mm. But I feel so much better, and Fantastic. this will never happen again. I will take every <laughs> precaution and continue to speak. We, we, we need to have that, like, just five seconds this will never happen again and just like record that five seconds i'm just starting to think what would happen if it happened to me exactly it's it's crazy who's my understudy are you, you are you taking over i'll just push he buttons. found out my plans can you back, you back up your innate knowledge <laughs> no. can you back that up somehow just, yeah just into like a cyber matrix body <laughs> battlestar galactica it you know Ooh, neat yeah. there you go yeah All right, folks, we'll have a fantastic week. I'm looking forward already to next week and having you here uh, for episode number 502. Don't forget to get your ballots in. Send us an email, contest at category5.tv, and that'll be your chance to get your hands into the treasure bin. We'll see you next Wednesday night. Good night. Good night.